Hello, and welcome to episode 8, all about chapter 11, A Knife in the Dark, from Fellowship of the Ring, being the 8th part of That's What I'm Talking About. I am Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I am joined by Ryan from the Sorta Star Wars podcast. Welcome, Ryan. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited <laughs> to talk about Lord of the Rings with a from a kind of a Star Wars perspective because I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm too. sure a lot of people listening uh, have that crossover um, yeah, in their yeah. fandoms. How did you welcome get into as well to the podcast? <laughs> it's always important for the guests to welcome the host as well. So yes, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> so, what was the question? How did you get into Lord of the Rings? So back in when Lord of the Rings the movies were coming out, I went to I forget what year it was, but I went to the theater and my brothers wanted to see the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring movie. I had no clue what it was about, so I thought, well, I'll just go along with them. They told me it's about some ring and it's a bad ring and it needs to be destroyed or something. So I'm like, okay, well, it sounds fun. So then I go with them to this movie. The I'm watching all three hours of this movie. I'm like, oh, this is a pretty good movie. And then all of a sudden it ends and the ring is not destroyed. I'm like, what in the world is happening here? And then I realize, oh, it's part one of three. I had no idea it was a three-part yeah. movie. <laughs> so the whole time I'm thinking the movie's <laughs> going to end with this with everything resolved and nothing was resolved at the end it just kind of and so i was like yeah okay. exactly so i need to know the rest of the story and i really liked the movie so then before the next before two towers the movie came out i read all three books wow and i just loved it so that's pretty awesome that the the movie alone you were like yeah, yeah. let me find out more about these things yeah, exactly <laughs> but yeah i'm totally with you there that was my exact same thought watching the movie when it i was um like watching it on my computer so i could i could kind of like hover my mouse and see how much time was <laughs> left and i saw there was like five minutes left i was like what do you wait but they're the they still have the right, ring and they're resolved. like nowhere near mount doom <laughs> right i'm yeah. like pit like Pippin and Mary are being carried <laughs> off by people and yeah. and Sam is going after Frodo in a lake and they still have the yeah. ring. This isn't yeah, right. Yeah, it's very confusing. It was eighth grade or something around there. I forget when exactly, but I was like, I was not comprehending what was going on. But yeah, that next year I went into those books pretty hard. I remember just like sitting on the couch for hours and we had this grandfather clock that would ding every like 15 minutes like they do. I like mm -hmm. just was like keeping track of my mind how fast I was trying to get through these books and the clock was ringing. And yeah, it was just like, I just remember being on the couch for hours reading through these books. And that was probably like the first, they're probably the first like real books I read through. Mm -hmm. like, I had re read some other ones in like school required books, but these were like legitimate, like, yeah. Um, it's a hefty yeah, not book. Not like kids' books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I remember reading it the first time, and once I was rereading it again now, I'm like, man, I forgot how Tolkien writes. It's like crazy. I don't mm -hmm. think I fully understood it when I was a kid. And now it's just like the amount of detail. Of course, everyone talks about the amount of detail he goes into. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah, so. it's crazy. Yeah, you talk about trying to read it as a eighth grader and not comprehending it i'm an adult and i still have to like <laughs> exactly. go back and reread something again or yeah um just to like try and follow along and figure out what the heck is going yeah. on 
And he's like always giving directions like I know what he's talking <gasps> yes! about. Yes! Like, oh like, my gosh, the, you get it. And east was the hills and west was the where. I was just like, I don't know where you're talking you, about. Like, I don't, I've never been here. So You get it. You get it. This yeah. has been one of the things that I've been griping about since <laughs> the beginning. Is that So in my version of the book, I only have a map of... It's, it literally says a part of the Shire, and it is only <laughs> useful for about chapters one through five. And then after right. that, they've left the area of the map um, that my book gives. <laughs> so when he's like, they're eastward of the river and westward of the valley. And I'm like, I don't know where you are. Stop wasting <laughs> yeah. words telling me yeah. where you are relative to other locations that I don't know where those are also. Even here where I live, people are like, oh, you just head east on 283. And I'm like, what? You I need don't to, know what direction I'm like, that you is. You need to tell me left or right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, do I go to Which this road and I take turn? a left or a right? <laughs> I don't know east or what. Like, I'm not carrying a compass around with me here. <laughs> Give me directions from the closest sheets, and then I'll know which way you're going. So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <clears throat> awesome. Cool. Well, let's uh, jump right into Chapter 11, A Knife in the Dark, which sounds okay. super ominous. Yeah, very, very suspicious. Yeah, and it starts off very ominous, too. So we, the last we saw of Fatty Bulger was, I believe, back in Chapter... I think it was Chapter 5, maybe? And Pippin, Mary, Sam, and Frodo had left him behind to stay at Frodo's new place in Crick Hollow mm -hmm. and kind of pretend that Frodo was still there. And that's the last we saw of Fatty Bulger. And he makes an appearance again here, unfortunately, it was, I don't know, it was, kind of, it was kind of like a weird thing for me to read where it was kind of like a, meanwhile, back in Crick Hollow. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like, how did Fatty end up with that job? Like, did, did he volunteer for it or, or Frodo? I don't. I don't know if they talked about that in the yeah. story. I just missed it. So or I, like they drew straws or what Yeah, happened, I think but. I remember Fatty Bulger was like, well, I'm not going in the old forest. <laughs> so y'all have fun with that. I'll stay here and and just try my luck here. So Okay. And, well, and his luck his luck wasn't great in exactly, this very yes. first part here. He is at Frodo's home and kind of has a sneaking suspicion that something is going on. And he is right and there are three black riders dun 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 mm. and so he runs all the way to uh, the nearest other person's house or other hobbit's house and they sound the alarms and i guess scare the black riders away yeah and that's essentially what happens there is that you find out that right. the the black riders now know that frodo is not in crick hollow which yeah. is kind if of was... confusing because in the previous chapter i thought there were black riders that showed up at the prancing pony mm -hmm. so i Did guess they... there are more I'm than i don't remember if they say how many were at the prancing pony can't remember if they gave a number on that but we know there's a couple there and now there's a couple here so it doesn't really say if it's the same ones or different ones yeah. or more i guess sauron sent out another round of black riders <laughs> when the first ones weren't showing up with the hobbits after like <laughs> yeah. the first day it's taking too long yeah send more out <laughs> yeah exactly sending out the second wave also okay going going back to fatty bulger though i thought it was kind of odd I, I get that he was trying to like act normal and by doing that he needed to be in Frodo's house and I guess Frodo wanted to be away from 
the hubbub of Crick Hollow, I guess, or away from other people. But like, if you're a fatty bulger and you're like, I'm basically a sitting duck right now waiting <laughs> for evil people to come here. Wouldn't you want to go? Because it make, he makes a note that the next house is over a mile a away. A mile away. Like, wouldn't you <laughs> yeah. want to... Yeah, wouldn't you want to move a little bit like closer to other people if you're yeah. just waiting? Yeah, maybe the real estate is not that good there. Poor Fatty Bulger. I know he really gets the short I feel like end. He got that name Fatty Bulger for a reason. You know poor what I mean? Poor guy. And like he has to run a mile <laughs> away from these three black riders on horses. He's not going like, to be. Man, yeah, I'd, he's like, not. I don't know if I would. He's not fatty anymore. He's skinny Bulger after this one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I did like how they how Tolkien kind of describes the Black Riders in this one. You talked about this chapter being, or the mm-hmm. title of the chapter being ominous. He says, um, "Shadows of stones and shades of night," Ooh. which I thought was pretty. You kind of just like get the idea that they're just like moving shadows. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and if they're standing still, you can't even like tell that they're there. Yeah. Which, if I was fatty in this house that was, like, surrounded by these black riders, I would be absolutely terrified. I know, man. Maybe, I guess we should give Fatty Bulger more credit where credit is due. Because I don't know if I would have chosen to stay behind. He's the unsung hero. Yeah, Fatty Bulger's the unsung (laughs) hero of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) That'll be another one of the... Another one of those spin-off movies. Yeah, we ju- yeah. So there's that fun little like. Meanwhile, in Crick Hollow, and then we jump back to um, shoot. Where are they? The prancing put po- Bree. Breathe land. I forget what the mm. name of the city is. Um, the Prancing Pony. So they were correct in their assumption that the hobbits' rooms would be attacked. They wake up and they had been like all shredded. And because I think they said that they stuffed the hobbits' beds with like fake mm-hmm. hobbits, yeah. I guess. And I guess that trick worked yeah. and threw the riders or whoever <laughs> off their game. But I, this is just a funny They work com- in Ferris Bueller, so yeah. why, why not do it in this? in this story as well. yeah i don't think it's as, it's as elaborate as a setup which i don't know i just kind of think the setup was weird because why would you bother i don't know i get like would it give them like five extra minutes i guess because it's not even like they yeah. came after them uh because the hobbit stayed at the prancing pony or in another room that wasn't right basically right. showing a, as a beacon to be like hey the hobbits are staying in the hobbits rooms anyway and so they <laughs> i i think this is a great like commentary on butterbur so in the previous episode i uh ripped butterbur a new one because he is useless <laughs> previously yeah. on that's what i'm talking about butterbur is just is the obnoxious reason behind why everything has been going wrong because he forgot to give a forking letter to uh, Frodo. No, he forgot to <laughs> send it to right. the Shire. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And so it says, Poor Mr. Butterbur looked sleepy and frightened. He had hardly closed his eyes all night, so he said, but he had never heard a sound. So I just love also these quick asides from Tolkien about just the, just the parentheses. So he said that he didn't sleep at night that completely changed the like context of the sentence or like add a little bit of character, just that like little extra bit of characterization that just make right. it so much more fun to read. Because, the you know, if he hadn't added the so he said, you would have thought, oh, Butterbur stayed up all night and the Dark Riders were so stealthy that he didn't even hear them but adding that so he said comment implies that no he fell asleep on duty and then lied about it which (laughs) is probably he was supposed to be keeping watch yeah which is probably the more accurate statement 
So, and then they yeah. also find out that all of the ponies are gone. And I wrote down, not the ponies. Like they almost <laughs> slaughtered the hobbits, but God forbid this they touch the ponies. This poor be. <laughs> <laughs> and other beasts. Yeah. They say other beasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. As well, so. so I met, so they, at first I was actually worried that the ponies and every and everything got like slaughtered or eaten or something, but I think it's implied that they just ran mm-hmm. off and got scared. Right. But I like this, I don't know, it just kind of makes me laugh that I guess, does this mean there's a communal barn for the entire town. Where everybody puts their stuff. Because yeah. the problem that they encounter is that all of the horses and everything are gone in the entire town. And so they don't have a horse to use for um, right. traveling or right. for their baggage and stuff, except for this really old horse, which we'll get to in a second. But um, I don't. I just think it's funny that like this town has a communal yeah. barn where all of the animals live. And could they not go find the ponies? They were that far away that they couldn't I find them? I guess all the horses and animals and stuff got spoiled. Spooked. And I like that. I think it's, I don't know if it happens an hour or later on, but at one point, Tolkien gives us like a pony update and he lets the reader know that, no, don't worry, don't worry. The ponies <laughs> right. are actually fine. They went back to the forest and they found Tom Bombadil and Fatty McGee, I think is the horse. He cared for them. I'm trying to find, I can't remember. Yeah, There's... it's because, because once they buy that one from Fernie, they buy, they were able to buy one from Fernie, the almost dead one, and Butterbur pays for it. Then Tolkien goes back and says, but Butterbur yeah. ended up okay yeah. because they found the ponies and then Tom Bombadil. Yeah, the horse's name is Fatty Lumpkin, by the way. I knew I would have gotten, I knew I would have gotten like <laughs> tweets about this because... Yeah. <laughs> Fatty Lumpkin is a, yeah, it's a great name for a horse. Yeah, yeah but I like that yeah. we got this update from you can't Tolkin. Can't forget Fatty that, Lumpkin. Like, everything worked out okay in the end. Um, yeah. So here we'll we'll backtrack a second. So yes, they come they come in and announce that all the horses are gone, and the hobbits are like, "This isn't okay. good because now we're gonna have to walk on foot, which will take us much longer, and it'll be very tiring, and we won't be able to pack as much supplies as we'll need for the trip anymore. And so they go around frantically trying to find any horse at all. And all they find in the town is this horse from this like gross old man. What's his name? <laughs> Bill Fernie. But they, they were all upset except for Mary. Yeah. He was actually pretty excited. Yeah. So I Ma- think if, I, if, if you have like one of those like Facebook quizzes, like which Lord of the Rings character are you? I think I would be Mary Same. because while everyone else is worried. Mary's like, oh, great. Now we can have a regular breakfast. We yeah. can sit down and have a full breakfast. Yeah, I wrote that Where down. Where before they were just... I wrote that down. So they're all in a panic, like, oh, no, we need to look for the horses. Okay, don't worry. We'll figure it out. And then meanwhile, Mary goes, there is one crumb of comfort and more than a crumb, I hope. We can have breakfast while we wait. Always looking on the bright side. So I've oh, been um, kind of a unintentional advocate for Mary as the better as the best <laughs> hobbit because everyone's mm. always like oh Pippin's the best one I think Mary is the best because he <laughs> is the one with all of the common sense he like doesn't get as spooked as the other ones I mean granted that's not a very high compliment because he still gets spooked very <laughs> easily but like he kind of keeps his head oh, about yeah. things and then he'll also just have comments like this where I'm like yeah You get it, Mary. (laughs) So I know listening to some of your past episodes, you're not a huge Sam fan. Is that changing at all as you get farther in the story? Yeah. And we'll actually, yeah, it's, it's funny because we'll we'll get to that in a in a short second but it's really interesting now reading these uh 
especially this chapter, because there are a lot of things that Sam is doing that seem very like un-Sam to Mm me. Um, And it seems like he's kind of becoming a bit more braver, a bit more sure of himself than he was at the beginning of the story. Yeah, for sure. Great question. (laughs) It's like you, (laughs) I I literally wrote that note down that it seems like Sam is is going through some kind of internal, I don't know, changes or whatever as he's experiencing the world. Yeah, well, and a note that I had made in this chapter, it seems like they're finally starting to get the urgency of the situation. Yes. Like before they were just like, you know, taking their time and like Gandalf's like, get out of the Shire. And they're like, well, okay, but I got some stuff to do do around here first you know and then the, like later again i was like no get out of shower like now you know yeah. so now so now when they're like okay well last night we almost died maybe we should kind of you know switch Speed our thinking this along, a little bit exactly here. yeah yeah which so. i'm all about the urgency because things have been so like slow moving (laughs) up until this point like there's what like there were like three chapters that lasted over the span of like two days (laughs) um which is funny (laughs) a funny contrast because what we'll we'll get to that uh in a second so they get this this like sickly elderly skinny horse that basically looks like it's about to die anyway from bill fernie which i kind of just picture to be like the i don't know like old man crockett or whatever of the (laughs) town and everyone uh, he just seems like such a vile person and they make a comment that well the horse doesn't look that great but i imagine once he's no longer with bill fernie he'll be much better right he'll have no reason to go back to bill fernie after we take him exactly yeah and basically saying that like yeah you might be taking him on a like perilous journey where the horse could be put in danger and it might die but honestly it's probably better than staying with bill fernie like he would much prefer that (laughs) so they get this horse for much more or they have to pay for much more than they should because bill fernie knows that they are in desperate need of a horse and he takes advantage of that typical bill just typical gosh darn you <laughs> bill fernie yeah and uh butterbur pays for it i think they make the note that like butterbur paid for it because he felt bad or he felt like part of this was his fault which technically mm-hmm. it is because he forgot to send that letter to the shire that if he had sent it to the shire they would have left <laughs> On time, they would yeah. have been able to meet up with Gandalf when Gandalf said he could meet up with them. Whatever. There's Gandalf no go- <laughs> is very... You have yet to see Gandalf again since like the very beginning of the book. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> we get like really get kind of a... We here. get kind of a glimpse of him in this chapter, but it's, it's literally like you're reaching out like... And he's just a couple inches away from right. where you can reach or something. And it's just like hopeless. Yeah. It's like, ah, he's so <laughs> close. We think. <laughs> we think. Maybe. It's possible. Yeah. Um, so they get on the road. Oh, also, I don't know why this just made me laugh, but I didn't realize until now that um, the staff of the Prancing Pony are named Bob and Knob. <laughs> And that just gave me a good chuckle because I was like, I didn't realize that they were named Bob and Knob, but you know what? It makes sense. Sounds like a morning, sounds like a morning show duo. (laughs) Bob and Knob. Hi, you're listening to 83.9 FM with Bob and Knob. What's going on? (laughs) Listener, you're on. It's perfect. Bob and Knob. That would be great. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I had like enough creative spirit in my body, I mean, like I am a creative person, but I also lack follow through. Um, I would mm, totally yeah. create like a spinoff fictional podcast called Bob and Knob, and it would be like Bob yeah, and Knob narrating, like doing a like weekly radio show from Middle Earth, the happenings of Freeland. Every yeah. now and then, they like mention an update about like yeah these four sh- these four um hobbiton <laughs> hobbits came into town last night and it was a really fun party but then one of them like weirdly disappeared and then reappeared again a second later and then what do you know later that night our town got attacked and all of our horses and cows <laughs> disappeared it was really weird so anyway the weather forecast for tomorrow shows <laughs> partly sunny skies and i like how i like how uh like, this is, like, the most exciting thing it seems like that's ever happened in this town. Like, it's, yeah. like, all people are talking about the next day. And, like, they're going, like, this is yeah. the most exciting thing that's been happening that's happened here in years. And, like, well, I guess a person disappearing is pretty special. But it's just kind of funny yeah. how much, like, people Yeah, and they've caused a lot of... They've caused a lot of um, trouble. That, that was another point I made in the previous episode, which as we're recording hasn't come out yet, but um, is that the hobbits are like the worst at like they're supposedly on supposed to be on this like secret mission and they're hiding from evil beings and they are the worst at it. <laughs> like it calls so much attention to themselves. Oh my gosh, they're awful, which is why it's like, oh, God bless Strider slash Aragorn right. for um, yeah. meeting up with them, tracking them down, and joining their party because he has he will save them all. They would die <laughs> immediately. Yeah. So yeah, so Aragorn makes he makes the same observation as they're about to leave. So originally he's like, oh, we're going to go on the side route and we're going to go through the woods. We're not going to follow the main path. If we follow the main path, the riders will be able to follow us quicker. So I'll lead the way, no problem. But as they are slower to prepare in their preparing to leave and finding the horse and everything, more and more the all this hubbub about the horses being gone and something happening at the Prancing Pony and these hobbits are here and Strider slash Aragorn makes yeah he notices this and is like okay forget that we're just gonna follow the main path for a little bit because we're probably gonna have like a parade of people following us and that's exactly what happens they get on the road yeah Yeah, they get on the road and everyone's like woohoo yeah we don't know what you're doing but this is exciting <laughs> they need to follow them out of town because what they say they don't want any trespassing or anything like that it's like we need to follow these characters out of town these four little people out of town it's just funny yeah these four tiny people their skinny dying horse and then this tall man who seems to be the only one that knows what's going on yeah he doesn't seem to have much respect in that area strider like Butterbur doesn't talk about him very nicely and then Bill Fernie as they're walking out says some comments about him too and it's just I guess yeah. people don't really like Strider too much not sure why Yeah cuz up until or, or maybe um, it's Rangers in gen- in general maybe I'm not yeah. sure Yeah um, I guess, like, from the perspective of maybe um, Butterbeer and the bar and everything, the rangers are these group of people who probably just, like, come and go as they please. And mm-hmm. so I guess, I don't know, maybe it's not like, maybe they're not, like, steady business or maybe when they come, when they do mm-hmm. come, maybe they 
are always drunk tippers. and cause a lot of yeah, yeah yeah cause a lot of troubles and Strider in particular is kind of aloof and he's like when he's introduced in the Prancing Pony chapter he's just like sitting in the dark corner by himself with the hood over his face I, I don't know I can imagine that from a like bar owner being like he these people drive away business because they're weird and scary <laughs> right yeah Bill Fernie calls him Longshanks yeah as they're heading out of what town what a like weird like, <laughs> like long insult shanks. to give someone <laughs> Longshanks. I don't that even know what that like, means. That's like the name of Hermione's cat, Crookshanks. Oh, oh Crookshanks, yeah, Crookshanks. <laughs> like, what a weird. It's like, hey, you, you, you got long legs. <laughs> you with the long legs. You're a loser. <laughs> and so, uh, as they're on their journey out of town, yeah, Bill Fernie is kind of making all these like obnoxious comments, and <laughs> Sam. This is when I. Like, my mouth fell open a little bit because I was like, Samuel, Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Bill Fernie says, Morning, my little friends, he said to the others. I suppose you know who you've taken up with. That's Stick and Not Strider. Wait, Stick at Not Strider. That's quite a mouthful for a for a mean nickname. Yeah, but I don't even know what it means. Stick at Not Strider. <laughs> How do you? Mm, I don't know. Though I've heard other names not so pretty. Watch out tonight. And you, Sammy, don't go ill-treating my poor old pony. Sam turned quickly. And you, Fernie, he said, put your ugly face out of sight or it will get hurt. With a sudden <laughs> flick, quick as lightning, an apple left his hand and hit Bill square on the nose. He ducked too late and curses came from behind the hedge. Waste of a good apple, said Sam regretfully. <laughs> Hide your ugly face or you'll get hurt. That's like such a like, generic insult. Yeah, and then he hurts him anyway. <laughs> That's how like the insults are in the Shire all the time. I was just so sad surprised that sam not only said something well i mean kind of mean <laughs> to someone he like not only like shouted what he thought was super mean and insulting but he also like threw something at and he threw food <laughs> hobbits love food it's a big deal that he a yelled mm -hmm. at someone or insulted someone b threw something at him and c the thing that he threw was food <laughs> i like how he acknowledges it that it was a waste of a good apple <laughs> waste of a good apple yeah. but it does say he had a pocket full of apples which i don't know what kind of pants they yeah. were but like i a pocket full of apples would be one apple i would think like i don't know it's pocket this full. uh it's like pocket full of apple is the sequel to natasha benningfield song pocket full of sunshine, pocket full of sunshine. that's the that's the hobbiton version yeah. of it i got a pocket got a pocket full of apples <laughs> the weird al yankovich of hobbiton changed the song to pocket full of apples <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so that was one of the first. Yeah, so like I was talking about earlier, there are a lot of there are some things that Sam does that is very, I think, surprising. Mm -hmm. Just it just goes to show that he's become the things that they've experienced and gone through have kind of made him a little bit less naive. Because uh, at the be at the beginning of the story, he's very he's like a child. Right. Definitely, I think he just doesn't get the weight of what's what they're going to have to go through with Strider coming to the yeah. picture and kind of explaining stuff. He's like, oh, okay, so I got to be. Serious about mm -hmm. this it's not just a walk through the woods yeah he's just he's realizing finally the extent of like oh this is pretty serious we're not just because the reason he's so excited to go with frodo in the first place is because he's like oh <laughs> right. i'm gonna get to see elves yeah. that'll be so fun <laughs> and then they saw the elves i think in right. chapter three and after that, that. he's like well <laughs> We've already seen left. the elves, so I guess it's downhill from here. Yeah. I don't know. So I think all of them, too, are realizing that, wow, this is yeah. a pretty serious yeah. situation. 
Uh, yeah, so they get away from the town and then they go off of the path. And this is where it cuts from like, uh, it just kind of frustrated me and made me laugh a little bit because within the span of like two paragraphs, it's like, and on the yes. fifth day of their travels, I'm like, wait, what do you mean that in the span of two pages, five right, days yeah. have passed yeah. already? And it took us, I think, seven chapters for yeah. one week to pass. And in the span of two pages, five days have passed which i'm thankful for i'm so thankful because things were moving so slowly and i'm so glad that things are kicking it's like in it's like in spongebob when it says like a several million moments later you know when it has that little screen yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, yeah. one of the three days later I think uh, in this part of the book might be the best line of the entire book, the best quote, when Strider says he knows a shortcut. Yeah. And and Mary's like, or Pippin, I forget what, they're like, who was not like our last shortcut? That didn't work out too well. And Strider's like, quote, my cuts, short or long, don't go wrong. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? My cuts, short or long, don't go wrong. Like, does he have to say that a lot that he, like, came up with a rhyme for it? I guess he did. And you know what? I trust him. Uh, So, yeah, it is Pippin. He said, Pippin says, our last shortcut through woods nearly ended in disaster, a.k.a. them almost getting sacrificed by Barrow Whites. Right, (laughs) I believe is the disaster he's referring to. (laughs) You know, I trust... I trust Aragorn slash Strider, which I want also. When you have have a saying like that. It's interesting that he, it's revealed in the previous chapter that Strider is Aragorn, but Tolkien in this Mm -hmm. chapter is still referring to him as Strider. So yeah. I wonder if while they're traveling or something, maybe trying to like keep up his alias or whatever um, about who he really is and everything. Maybe he only goes by Strider. I I just think it's interesting because I know, I don't know much about Aragorn except that he is a big important character. And so I thought it was Mm -hmm. weird that they reveal that this is Aragorn and then immediately go back to calling him Strider. Yeah, it is. It is kind of weird how like, they say his real name, but I don't know if it's just because everyone else calls him Strider that they're keep referring to him, referring to him as Strider. Then maybe later, or at some point when Aragorn does become an important person, then they switch calling him from Strider to Aragorn. But I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah it is kind of weird that they keep calling him Strider. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But yeah, you're right. He says, "Yeah, my cuts shorter, long don't go wrong." Which I don't think I realized <laughs> until you read that out loud that that rhymes. And it's a nice little yeah. neat, nice little saying that I believe. I trust. Like if I saw a dude who, if I saw Strider in the woods and he, like the way he's described is like, he's this like tall being and I'm, he, I'm just imagining that he has like hair like Thor and he has a nice burly beard <laughs> and he has this like mm-hmm. sick yeah, cloak sure. and he just looks like a mysterious all-knowing figure but who definitely knows what he's doing like if someone like that told me i know what i'm doing i'd be like yes you do i'm sorry i ever questioned you yeah i believe so um yeah so he is leading the way this entire time and uh let's see Uh, yeah i've I've written down here in my notes so much uneventful walking at this point yeah it's a lot of uneventful walking which i guess is i mean for the hobbits it's good but for us as the reader it's not that fun like the most eventful thing that happens is they oh so they do at some they do make a note somewhere or one of the hobbits is like 
if they hadn't been running for their lives and if the impeding threat of the Dark Riders following them wasn't hanging over their heads, it would have been a really lovely walk. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was a really nice because, day and it wasn't too hot. And other than the Black yeah, Riders trying to kill and Str- them. And like they're just following right. Strider's way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like forget about the impending yeah. doom that's following yeah. them and the evil ring that they're carrying <laughs> with them. At least it's sunny. Yeah, exactly. Partly cloudy with a high of <laughs> with a high of 75 degrees, exactly as Bob and Bob would say. predicted yeah. on their radio show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're right, though. Lots of uneventful walking. The most eventful things that happen basically is when they get to, I think it's on like day four or five, they get to some marshes where there oh. are a bunch of bugs yeah. that are really annoying. And oh, uh, they talk about how they're how Frodo's losing weight as well. That was another eventful part of the walk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so they get out of the woods and they get to the bait i guess the base of some mountain and what they're trying to get up to is called weather top they're asking what's up there and then strider is about to strider pauses and i guess is thinking or is about to say something and then it just says suddenly a low voice murmured and it's another song which side note there are a billion (laughs) songs in this series it's then it ends and it says the others turned in amazement for the voice was sam's Mm. and again it's just another very like un sam like thing that he's doing that where he's kind of coming out of his shell and is doing things to call attention to himself yeah he's like okay i guess i've been on the road with these guys for two weeks i guess i can sing in front of them now so and um he sings about gilgalad gilgalad Gallad. Yeah. Gil- you got it. Yep, that's right. Uh, that's exactly it. Gil 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 <laughs> Sure, why not? Also, like we're also later on there's this story, there's Elvin story, and oh, yeah. um I'm gonna mess up all of those names. <laughs> yeah, that was one where like I read it and then I listened back to it and I was like, Oh, that's how you say that. So you know what I mean? <laughs> and it talks about let's see. Gilgalad is, I guess, an elven king or an old elven king. And this song that Sam is singing is one that Bilbo used to sing or one that Bilbo used to help um, teach Sam uh, writing and reading. Mm -hmm. And the other half of it, it has something to do with Mordor. And (laughs) Pippin goes, going to Mordor? I hope it won't come to that. I'm just imagining uh, uh, there's a pause in the movie and then like Frodo does a Jim looks at the Jim, camera on yeah, the office at the camera. Like, <laughs> but. Yeah, and Strider knows what's going to happen. Like I feel like Strider knows what they have to do with it. He was talking to Gandalf yeah. and like he knows oh, what they yeah. carry and where it has to go. So yeah. I feel like Strider would just like laugh at him. <laughs> like, oh boy, here we go. What did oh I get boy. myself into? <laughs> it's also a little bit uh, freaky because Strider has kind of like a Voldemort, he who must not be named thing with Mordor where he doesn't mm. even, like throughout this chapter, he doesn't like it when the Hobbits even mention the name Mordor. Yeah. Because, which is super concerning because at this point, Aragon is, or Ar- wait, Ar- Aragon is a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Aragon is about the boy who finds a dragon egg. Yes, yes. I was like, I know I know that, but I haven't seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's different. Uh, it might be it might be in the same universe just somewhere else. It might be. Maybe, know. yeah, maybe. Um I the first Aragon book is very good. I remember okay. trying to read the second one. I got about three fourths of the way and stopped. 
and Three then fourths. The, you're almost there i know i don't know what happened and then <laughs> i've heard abysmal things about the last book i feel like that happens in book series a I lot know. i was into the i was big into the maze runner series and i feel like that kind of went downhill as it went on and the divergence series went down yeah. as it went on like i didn't even finish the last whatever a legion or yeah divergent whatever, yeah divergent whatever the third um, one is yeah is one of it's definitely one that goes downhill fast yeah i won't even yeah. waste time talking about the movies because oh yeah i remember going to I mean, see the second movie and this i think the second movie is supposed to end with like the death of someone and that character didn't die in the movie and i was like well that's how that's are- the end of the third one i think oh wait yeah it's like how the yeah, story the, ends yeah that's yeah. how the yeah that's how allegiance not to spoil it for anyone who's just reading those <laughs> you know what, yeah guys, like the last one ends with like the Don't main worry. character yeah, dying. Yeah, like the main character died, and, and then the movie they didn't kill her off. They just skipped it. <laughs> and they, yeah, they just skipped uh, it. I think they were planning on making like a part two, like Deathly uh, Hallows part one and two, and they right. never made the part two of the movie, which I think is wild <laughs> that they had this like. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't not, a huge yeah. franchise, but you know, it, it was following. I mean, the books were huge. Yeah, the I mean, books were like the, really. Yeah, the yeah. books were for the most part pretty good and pretty popular and it's kind of following in the footsteps of the hunger games where you have like dystopian society female you know female lead and it went south fast (laughs) yeah so aragorn (laughs) um yeah so he doesn't like it when they say mordor and that's really freaky to me because he seems like this very strong stable capable person Mm -hmm. and if even he is worried by the word mordor it must yeah. be a bad place yeah so yeah. that does not bode well so they stop off in a i guess a clearing or something and pippin and sam stay with the horse and their stuff and frodo and mary and strider go to the top of this hill oh oh i'm gonna go back for half a second one of the nights where they are being like eaten alive by oh, bugs yeah. and there are all mm-hmm. these loud crickets and stuff. Um, Frodo notices there are these flashes happening in the distance and he asks Strider what that is and Strider's like, I don't know. And immediately, oh, so yeah, Strider says like, I don't know, but it kind of looks like lightning. And I was like, it's Gandalf. <laughs> if it's lightning, it's got to be Gandalf. <laughs> Please let it be Gandalf. I hope like, it's yeah. a part of this story. Like, First of all, I hope it's Gandalf, but um, we know that like, lightning and like fireworks and fireworks yeah. and stuff yeah. are his thing and so I, don't, I just thought it was funny we're like hmm, i don't know what that flash of lightning is off in the corner where there's no storm at all it's gandalf <laughs> it's gotta be so this theory is kind of sort of confirmed so they come to the top of this hill where they find i guess stones and, and wood and everything that's been burned again lightning <laughs> and <laughs> um they pick up a stone that has these marks markings on it and one of the markings is a symbol for g followed by three strokes so it says g3 and they are immediate they immediately jump to oh that's gandalf and it means that he was here on the third day of october which was three days ago and i was like i can get behind i can understand how you see the symbol for g and you're like oh that's gandalf cool he was here but the three could have meant anything (laughs) anything like (laughs) yeah they were immediately like oh yeah obviously it means he was here on (laughs) the the third day of october i think it's just wishful thinking that happened to be true yeah because strider also says that rangers use those kind of 
the signs all the time as well. Yeah, and they keep asking him. Like, it could have been a ranger coming Yeah, they keep asking him, like, do you think this is Gandalf? He's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it is. Perhaps it is. But the rangers use symbols and signs like this all the time, too. So we just can't be sure. And we'll just have to keep going on as normal. And the flip side of it is that if it is Gandalf, it's like, okay... They're, they're getting closer to Gandalf. Yeah. I feel like when they see Gandalf, they could be like, hey, next time you're leaving us a note, maybe just like flip your wrist like a second time and like write a full sentence. Yeah, that would be, be helpful. Like, Gandalf <laughs> was here and the actual date. Like, yeah. Gandalf <laughs> was here. W-U-Z. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Or, you know, or something else. Maybe like an arrow pointing in the direction that they should walk. (laughs) Yeah, really. Or, you know, maybe add like a W for west. Like head westward. Or who knows? Who knows? But (laughs) so they go down and um, meet the other. Oh, so while they're up here, they look up and they say, or they're looking around. And I guess that's why this place is called Weathertop is because you can see everything. So I guess you could theoretically yeah. see like if there's a storm approaching, you could see the weather approaching. I don't know. And they call it, it has a specific name, right? The like ruined area, Amon Sul or something. I'm sure is is? you are right. Because <laughs> it used to be a watchtower. Yes, you're right. Amon Sul, they called it. It was burned and broken and nothing remains of it now, but a tumbled ring like a rough crown on the old hill's head. Yet once it was tall and fair, it is told that Elendil stood there watching for the coming of Gil-Gilad out of the west in the days of the last alliance. Yeah, so this used to be um, some kind of, I guess, fortified watchtower defense and something happens that, or something happened that made it crumble and is now, I guess, just this, like, wasteland area. And so they're looking around to see where they're going, and they say, well, how far is Rivendell? And what's his name? Strider says, oh, probably, like, I don't know, 10 to, you know, 14 days away. And he goes, a fortnight? A lot can happen in in two weeks and it's like i said yes i should hope a lot happens because otherwise it would just be like and then they went to bed and then when they woke up they ate a meager breakfast that wasn't enough to fill them and then they got on the road again and then there were some bugs and then that like yeah yeah they headed west into the valley <laughs> and north over the hills of yeah, exactly. wherever. So I was like, yeah, I, ho- I hope a lot happens. Like, I can't do this for much longer. Just reading along as they're walking through the woods with nothing right. of substance happening. Again, though, it's like Frodo is saying a lot can happen in a fortnight in yeah. whatever it is, 12 days. Just a couple chapters before... He was just hanging out in the Shire for how long? Oh, you know? that's it's so like, true. Oh, I can happen in a fortnight. Yeah. That's so It's like, well, so why didn't true. you think that same thing back when you're in the Shire? But Wow, yeah. that's so true. Yeah, because at this point, they've only he's only been... it's Yeah, it's probably at this point, I think, been a week and a half, about two weeks since he left Hobbiton. Yeah. So now he knows a lot can happen. Yeah, a lot can happen. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I know I'm going to be like eating my words later on where like a billion things happen and then like 12 people die and then I don't know, the Black Riders get the ring and they steal Mary and Pippin. I'm going to be like, "Wait, no, go back to when they were just you know, wandering Walking in the woods." In the woods. <laughs> um having a rainy day with Tom Bombadil. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they go back down to meet Sam and Pippin, or wait, who was with them? 
Yeah, Sam and Pippin were with the horse. Yeah, Sam, and then they yep. kind of make camp for the night. Oh, actually, so while they're still up on top of the mountain, they see three shapes. And they're, I mean, they're far enough away that they can't exactly make out what it is. But given the fact that the writers have kind of always been referred to up until this point as um, like, oh, there were three of them. And we see three black dots on the trail heading towards them. They're like, it's probably the riders. So we'll make camp over here. And Strider says... Um, yeah, so they're all concerned. They're like, well, shouldn't we like, you know, get out of here if they're coming towards us? And Shire's like, no, we'll be good for the night. We'll be by a fire. And he is like, no, the Black Riders don't like fire. We'll be safe as long as we have the fire near us. And Sam says, maybe it is also a good way of saying here we are, as I can think of <laughs> bar shouting. Which is funny yeah. because they also, in the earlier chapters, the writers found them because they were all singing loudly and like talking loudly. <laughs> and Sam is like, I can't think of a right. better way for them to find us, you know, by putting up a fire rather, you know, other than, you know, shouting or <laughs> what singing we did loudly. Already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, you know, what we did a week ago. <laughs> Strider gives us a little bit more information about the writers at this point. And Mary says he asks if the writers can see because... Uh, up until this point, there have been a lot when we've seen the writers up close and personal, there have been a lot of notes about like, mm. they seemed to sniff the air and smell. And my my theory is that, oh, they're blind, and they operate by sense of smell. And it's kind of like that. They um, it says for the black horse, the black horses can see and the writers use men and other creatures as spies as we found in Brie. They themselves do not see the world of light as we do, but our shapes cast shadows in their minds, which only the noon sun destroys. And in the dark, they perceive many signs and forms that are hidden from us. Then they are most to be feared. And at all times, they smell the blood of living things, desiring and hating it. And then it also, this, this, <laughs> it says, his voice sank to a whisper. The ring draws them. Mm. So essentially, they're they've been carrying around with them a ma a black writer a dark writer magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like how it says. Uh, what was the part about they can smell the blood of living creatures? What does it say? Something it and hating it. What does it say? Desiring and hating it. Yeah. And hating it. Ultra creepy. And I was trying to think why they would hate it, but I guess it's because they're like I don't know if they're like undead beings yeah and yeah they are like jealous of living creatures being alive and not undead and yeah whatever. no i think that yeah that totally makes sense uh that they are i guess in between worlds or they're under so i think at this point i don't know I, this hasn't been confirmed yet um in the book but um i think someone told me that the black riders are ring wraiths question mark i don't know um <laughs> don't come yeah, i don't think it says it in the book <laughs> don't come at for this me. point don't come for me but... if that's not true but um <laughs> so we know that the ring wraiths are controlled by the ring so i guess if these beings are you know they don't have free will and they're not fully human and they're not fully or fully living beings so yeah they desire live yeah it says the blood of living things so they desire to I guess to be a living thing and then they also hate that they yeah. aren't. Going back to when Strider doesn't like to talk about Mordor or say the word Mordor, when Frodo's talking about how skinny he is, 
He talks about himself. If he get, keeps going like this, he's going to turn into a wraith. And Strider's like, don't say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just like, yeah. So yeah, it makes sense that they would be called. Yeah. Strider's like wraith. really um, superstitious almost about all this, which you yeah. know what? I, at first I was like, okay, Strider, like, let's calm down a little bit. It's not that big a deal if we say Mordor. <laughs> but at the same time, he's the one who's been out in the world surviving, doing like manly man things in the woods. <laughs> so if he says not to say Mordor or Wraith, like maybe we should not say those words for the yeah. for the betterment yeah. of the group. So they make camp for the night and to kind of calm them down, Strider tells them, basically it's like he's telling the hobbits bedtime stories <laughs> to get them to go to sleep. The, yeah. it, he's telling them all of these old tales and everything and it makes the hobbits wonder exactly how old is this guy and how does he yeah. know all of these? Mm-hmm. He knew many histories and legends of long ago of elves and men and the good and evil deeds of the elder days they wondered how old he was and where he had learned all this lore which kind of adds to the mystery of strider since we don't know much about him at this point and then he goes into the tale of fish what's her name to 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 good lord Tenuvial. Tenuvial. No, that sounds right. Um, <laughs> I think that's how my audiobook says. So he goes it, into the tale of Tenuvial, who yeah. is an elf that a um, mortal man ran and basically stumbled upon uh, as he was fleeing. His, so the man's father was killed and he stumbles upon Tenuvial and they fall in love, I guess. And then there's some other battle. The man dies yeah. and Tenuvial decides to give up her immortality and dies along with him, which one, I guess, is I, I it's like a cool side mm-hmm. note that I guess elves are able to give up or choose whether or not they want to be immortal. And two, I don't know if I was an elf with immortality. I don't know if I would exactly give that up. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, someone else would probably come along. I can, you know, forget about this Baron guy. Yeah. <laughs> right, that was his name, Baron. Yeah. Seeing this, like, super long chant or whatever, yeah. you know? I wondered, at, in some of your other episodes, you talked about, like, is it important that we read all the yeah. songs? And this one, I was like, oh, it's probably, it's really long. It's probably important. And then you get to the end of it, and Strider's like, so basically, here's what happened. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, I just wasted all that time reading that story, <laughs> reading know, that yeah. song, when Strider yeah. just gives, like, the synopsis in <laughs> in like two paragraphs. I was like, oh, Yeah, that's word. right. Yeah, Strider <laughs> sings the song and tale of this uh, legend, or if this actually was a real elf long ago. And that, yeah, you're exactly right. And then immediately when it's done, he talks more about what happened. Yeah. So... And the other thing is that, like, you don't actually need this story. I mean, you know what? I'm going to stop myself there because who knows if this will pop up again later on. Like, who knows if, you know, chapter 22 and Two Towers, they're like, and (laughs) it's like in Monty Python. It's like in Monty Python, they reach the guy on the bridge with the three questions and they ask one of the questions is, what was the name of the elf who gave up her immortality to die with mortal Uh, man? Well, I think it's interesting that strider told this story i'll just say it that way Ooh, cool so i had not remembered that he told this story but it it may come up 
I'll just say oh, that okay. without, without giving so too then, much away. Yeah, all of my talk about, yeah, we don't really need to know the story because it has nothing to do with the plot. I mean, I did know, I was like, this doesn't exactly seem like the best story to tell for like bedtime. Like he's yeah, trying, the whole reason that he's- die at the end. Like, yeah, the reason he's telling this these stories and legends and everything is to kind of take the Hobbit's minds off of everything and calm them down. And then, yeah, then he tells the story about the elf who fell in love with the man, and then the man dies, and then she dies. Isn't that fun, yeah. children? All right, nighty-night. Nighty-night. <laughs> Sweet dreams. But they don't get to go nighty-night because, dun-dun-dun, nope. um, Sam, I think Sam and Mary, or two of them go off somewhere for a second right before they're about to go to bed, and then they come running back, and they're like, we looked up on the mountain, and we saw these three people. Do you think it's the same three people? people that have been following us and then they start flipping out and a lot of things happen very quickly for Mm -hmm. a book where it takes forever for like one thing to happen but um and the three riders approach the hobbits and mary and pippin fling themselves to the ground and cower in fear and sam like clings to the side of frodo (laughs) And Frodo puts the ring on. Yeah. Ooh. And it's just. Big mistake. It's so, it's so crazy now because there are all of the, every now and then there's like a little, um, like Tolkien will speckle in these comments where it crosses Frodo's mind that he could put the Mm -hmm. ring on, but he doesn't put the ring on. Or the temptation was almost irresistible and his hand was around the ring. And this point, it is completely irresistible he as soon as the thought into like he as this is happening his friends are cowering next to him fearing for their lives he isn't even thinking about them he immediately all he can think about is the ring and putting the ring on yeah and he does it without a second thought which like you said was a big mistake (laughs) as i was reading i was like oh it's kind of interesting because like you said there's other times where he got close but he was always able to resist but this time Mm -hmm. he wasn't able and It says, he was quaking as if he was bitter cold, but his terror was swallowed up in a sudden temptation to put put on the ring. The desire to do this laid hold of him and he could think of nothing else. He did not forget the barrow, where before he was about to put the the rings on, nor the Mm -hmm. message of Gandalf, who said don't put the ring on. Uh, But something seemed to be compelling him to disregard all warnings and he longed to yield. Not with the hope of escape or of doing anything, either good or bad, he simply felt he must take the ring and put it on his finger so it's not like he did it out of like if i put this on they won't see me or if i put this on i'll be able to like attack them it was just like it was not for a reason other than just yeah. he had to put it on yeah it was the so, only thing he could think about yeah and it's so creepy and ominous and ugh. so then it says he was able to see beneath their black wrappings and their white faces burned keen and merciless eyes under their mantles were long gray robes Upon their gray hairs were helms of silver, and their haggard hands were swords of steel. Their eyes fell on him and pierced him as they rushed towards him. That's so creepy. So the ring, (laughs) (laughs) the ring, surprise, surprise, the evil ring gives Frodo the power to see more clear, to see the evil beings more clearly and fully. And it's extra creepy. 
I don't know what Frodo is thinking in this moment. So he gets up and has his little sword, <laughs> and which, by the way, I think so. Tom Bombadil gave the hobbits their quote unquote swords, but I think what he gave them are actually like normal human sized daggers, yeah, or something that's what like I was that. <laughs> like yeah. they're sh- they're like knives that for hobbits are swords. <laughs> so it's not even like Frodo is attacking them with a sword; he's attacking them with like a knife, right? <laughs> um, which. There's no way that could do much damage. And second of all, Aragorn is right there. I don't know why Frodo's like, I'm going to fix all of this by hitting these evil people with my tiny knife. And then um, he is overcome by this, I guess. Oh, so it says, and he heard himself crying aloud. Oh, Elbereth Gil... Why did I decide to read this part? He calls out two elves' names. Let's put it that way, which we haven't met at this point. I'm assuming they're elves' names. Okay. Um, I have no clue. Elbereth and Gilthaniel. Gilthaniel. Sure, let's go with those. He calls them out, which we haven't heard of or met those people or beings or figures yet. So I guess some kind of trance took him over when he attacked them i don't know um yeah and he felt a pain like a dart of poison ice pierce his left shoulder even even as he swooned he caught as through a swirling mist a glimpse of strider leaping out of the darkness with a flaming branch of wood in either hand which man what an image strider just (laughs) jumping out with (laughs) sticks on fire But where was he before that? Like, yeah, I just picture I like I guess he was them all running like... off to get s- branches to set on fire. I don't know. Um, so guys, hold on, I'll be right back. I don't. Yeah, that was kind of what I was wondering. Is yeah. like, okay, per- protector, an all-knowing person that has thankfully found these four children. Mm-hmm. Where did you go? And right. yeah, so he jumps out at the last second. Which thank the Lord that they decided to take that they decided Strider could join their party. Because he yeah, saves that would them all. Be, that would be the end. Yeah, and that's... But he, he stabs him in the shoulder. Like, why? I know. I just don't know just... what Frodo thought he was... I mean, he obviously wasn't thinking clearly because he was under some influence of the ring or some influence of something yeah. else because he calls out these elves' names or whoever's names. And Strider comes out and attacks them. And Frodo uh, takes the ring off and, I guess, passes out and collapses and that's how the chapter ends. That's it. It's very, yeah. I'm so thankful that like a lot happened in this chapter. Yeah. Like things. Especially in like the last like little bit there. Yeah. It starts to get cool. Yeah. Like not only have they like, it's like, all oh, right, there's a new character with us. They're um, traveling at a much faster pace. They are learning more about where Gandalf is and kind of trying to track him down and they're becoming closer to him. And meanwhile, the evil is becoming closer to them. It's it's all great. This was so it's funny because I've had a lot of people ask me um, and some friends mentioned like, I don't know how you're reading this book one chapter at a time. Like if it were me, there's no way I would have the <laughs> self-restraint to stop and uh, and prevent myself from reading the next chapter. Right, right. And normally it, ha- it hasn't really been a problem up and up until now. Like this was the first time where I started to read the next chapter and I was like, wait, wait, wait I have to wait until I record for this episode and then I can <laughs> right. read the next chapter. Um, 
So I'm excited. And also it's very exciting because the next chapter, chapter 12, is kind of like the mid-season finale for Fellowship of the uh, Ring. Yeah. Because yeah. the books are divided. It's so confusing and I feel like unnecessary. The books are divided <laughs> into books. <laughs> and right. there's basically like part one and part two. And chapter 12 is the end of part one, which I'm, I've am i been told... I, I'm. Fingers crossed this actually happens, but I've been told that they finally get to Rivendell at the end of book one of Fellowship, so let's hope that happens. I can't can't give anything away. (laughs) Um, Which is, I I think it's funny because I'm like, boy, oh boy, if they are supposed to get to Rivendell by the end of book one, they have a lot of ground to cover within the next 25 pages. Yeah, because they say it's like a fortnight away. Yeah, it's two weeks away. So what I'm thinking might happen is that we'll just do a time, we'll just do like a time jump ahead to when Frodo wakes up and he's magically in Rivendell. (laughs) Yeah, another... uh, on the fifth day, then. You yeah. Know, another one of those a few moments later exactly. type of deals. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking yeah. about um, this chapter. What would you like to plug? Well, I do have a podcast of my own. It's called A Sort of Star Wars Podcast. And uh, we talk, it's probably about 50% Star Wars and then like everything else. Uh, talk about, uh, I have a couple other guys that come on. We talk about parenting and dadding and then we talk about Marvel or whatever else is going on. So... Yeah, thanks. It was uh, it was really fun to do this. Cool. Where can people uh, find you on the internet or find your podcast on the internet? Uh, well, the podcast you can find wherever you listen to podcasts, where all the major ones, and then on Instagram and Twitter, uh, we're at Sorta Star Wars. Man, how'd you get that handle? I know, for your it's podcast? good, right? <laughs> Because I, so you can find, uh, that's what I'm talking about on Twitter and Instagram at talking about pod, which I wanted so badly to get the handles. Um, I've been using the acronym Twitter, mm, right. T-W-I-T-A. That's yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about. And I wanted so badly to have that handle Twitter pod, oh, just because yeah. that sounds so much fun to say like, oh, you can find the podcast at Twitter pod, but that's yeah. not what it is. Um, You talk about. When you're going to be done with, uh, that's what I'm talking about, um, what your podcast name is going to be after that, right? I think yeah. I had some ideas here, okay? okay? I think first one is say what? I think that's it would be awesome. a good podcast name. What's up or who knows what? Those are so good. I, think, I, think I consider like, those. I like, consider those. I like say what, name. but I feel like I, I would say it like, say what? <laughs> you have to. There's no other way that's to say so it. That's so good. You know what? <laughs> Side yeah. note, I might also steal that and take credit for that to propose it as an idea for my brother's wedding hashtag. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Say what? That's good. That would be... <laughs> Say what? And um, there's also a one in a billion chance that any of my family members are still listening at this moment. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I get that a lot when mine go longer than like half an hour, which they almost always do. I'm like, you don't understand having a podcast. It's impossible to keep it like under 20 minutes. Like, I don't know how people do it, but like you just get talking. I know. Yeah, I'm having a hard time because I um started out 
about everything, trying to keep episodes. Well, it's funny because first I was like, oh, yeah, episodes are going to be 45 minutes. And the first episode, I struggled to get it down to an hour. So I was like, okay, I'll keep them them around an hour. I don't know. It's just so hard when you get to editing it because it feels like you're cutting out um, so much fun parts. Like, yeah, like there's one episode where my friend and I spent 10 minutes talking about like video games and nintendos and <laughs> yes. zelda and i had to, and i like made myself cut all of that out because i was like this is it adds 10 minutes to the episode length and it has nothing to do with lord of yeah. the rings like yeah. but that's one of the best like, stuff too yeah and probably like a good portion of what we're currently talking <laughs> about gonna isn't gonna make out. the yeah. podcast yeah. <laughs> Where was I? Yes, that's what I'm talking about is a production of Bacon and Eggs. You can f- learn more about that at baconandeggs.media. Uh, the cover art is by Vaishan Brandon, a.k.a. Graphite. Go support him on mm-hmm. Instagram it's at a- graphite.vmb. Awesome picture. Good stuff. Yeah, awesome Good picture. stuff. Yes, yeah, so you can find, like I said, you can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at TolkienAboutPod. You can find me on Twitter at mcwatt 416 and on Instagram at MC Turn Down for Watt. And also just a special shout out to Tyler Carlin and Emily. Congratulations on the birth of your daughter. Congratulations. Olivia came into the world today on the same blessed day that Patrick Swayze and Andy Samberg were also brought <laughs> onto this earth. So it's One a good day. One of the most day. important days in history. Yes. For sure. For <laughs> it's sure. a good day, Olivia. Congratulations. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's so exciting. So, uh, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to add? Um, no. Sounds good to me. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about. 